Oh, he my biggest – I got a biggest surprise. I'm surprised Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starting QB. Not that I didn't think Jimmy Garoppolo was good, but if Jimmy Garoppolo is that good and you're the 49ers, what pick did they have? Pick three? Yeah, for the traded, Falcons? They traded up the pick three, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just confused where if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing this well and you have the confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I guess you're playing for the future, but yeah. – I don't know why you would take Trey Lance so early when Kyle Pitts was on the board. You could have got a player to help out your defense. That, to me, isn't looking as good as what people have hyped it up to be. They get a lot of turnovers, but the Lions put up 38 on them. So that's the biggest surprise for me right now. Do you, are, you a, are you a firm believer? And hold up, before I get to mine, are you a firm believer of when you draft a quarterback, put him in? Or do you like to let him sit and wait? Because I think, you know, the, the 49ers do have a point. Like, that quarterback hasn't. Trey Lance haven't played football. He didn't play all of last year because of COVID and all of that. So do you believe it's, it's, it's right to put him in immediately and he haven't played football in two years? So I'm not a firm believer in playing a quarterback right away. But I can tell you as a Ravens fan, I watched the Ravens draft and not give Joe Flacco weapons, right? And we saw how that affected his career. Then you go to Green Bay and you see Aaron Rodgers upset with the Packers for drafting his replacement and not getting him more weapons. So it's not so much that I'm like, oh, you got this guy. You got to play him right now. It's just that when I was going into the season, I was like, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's all that. Trey Lance seems to be the consensus pick. Shanahan wants to get this read option thing going. I just figured that it was going to be kind of a quick, you know, transition. Sure. I was kind of on the opposite. I kind of knew this was what was going to happen. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. The problem is he gets hurt a lot. You feel mm-hmm. me? So when he tears his ACL or sprains an ankle, sprains a knee, then the 49ers were shit out of luck. You feel me? So I think they got a good plan. I think, you know, I trust their process. I think 49ers is one of my sleeper teams this year. I think they're going to be very good. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't even see Trey Lance, like, as a starter all the way this whole season if Jimmy rocks it out. Because I think – I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo's been playing great so far this season, but I think he is a comparable quarterback. And I just think injuries is what takes him out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely feel that. What about my, you? My biggest surprise this season is actually the Houston Texans, bro. Like, I thought they was going to suck ass. I thought they was going to get blown out. I thought even thought that Jacksonville was going to blow them out last week. And then they blow Jacksonville out. And then, like, I'm, I was out at, like, brunch this weekend. I'm looking at my phone. And I'm like, is the Houston Texans really getting with the Browns right now? Like, I can't – I couldn't believe it. And I know, like, it kind of sucks because Tyrod out again. Like, this is, like, his second week two in a row. And, and no, his third week two. Well, he has got hurt and lost his starting job each year with his third different team. So, I mean, I'm saying prayers for him. I don't know why that guy can't make it through week two, but last year he had a punctured lung. The year before that, I want to say he got a concussion in the middle of the game, and then Baker had to come in and took his job. Then Justin Herbert came and took his job. Luckily, it's not no number one quarterback that's behind him right now. I mean, Davis Mills, but he's like a sixth-round pick or fourth-round pick from, like, Stanford. So, uh, we'll see how he goes, but yeah. yeah, man, the Houston Texans, Cully got them boys balling, and and I ain't even like Cully when he was with the Ravens. Yeah, it's a couple interesting interesting things about that. First of all, yeah, prayers out to um, Tyrod Taylor. Um, that's a guy that it's easy to root for, and it's just really tough to see what he's uh, experienced these past few years with injuries. But to your point about David Cully, you know, in Baltimore, when David Cully was here, people were saying, oh, it's his fault, passing game, X, Y, Z. 
and now he leaves Baltimore and he goes to the Houston Texans and he got them boys playing. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. I think things are definitely looking a lot uh, worse for the Texans now with their quarterback situation. But I was hoping that I was rooting for him against the Browns and yeah, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Brandon Cooks is doing the damn thing. He's on two of my fantasy league. So I'm going to keep rooting for them. So speaking of rooting for teams, I know we both were. What's up with the Oak? I mean, the Las Vegas Raiders. We was we was definitely rooting for them this week. Shout out to them for handling business and beating those bums over there in Pittsburgh. But <laughs> are they actually good? Like, are they actually good? Yes. <laughs> so I was talking to one of my uh, friends. He's a he's a Raiders fan, and um, I'm not sold on the Oakland Raiders. Yes, they beat the Ravens in Week One, um, and that was a the Raiders beat the Raiders. Yeah, that was a big win. I'm not going to take anything away from them. They look, they do look better than last year, uh, but the Ravens had multiple opportunities to win that game. It came down to an overtime fumble. Um, I can't count on two hands how many chances we had to win that game. And then the Steelers, I don't think the Steelers are good uh, this year. Ben Roethlisberger already looked like he was declining, having issues pushing the ball downfield. Now he has a pectoral injury. Uh, we all saw what Dwayne Haskins did in his time in Washington. I'm hearing that he got his act together now that he's in Pittsburgh. But um, I think the success on them is really going to be dependent upon their quarterback situation. In Pittsburgh, They their quarterback situation doesn't look very good. So I think the Raiders, they got some tough victories, some good wins. But I still need to see a little bit more before I'm sold that they are these world beaters that people are trying to make them out to be. Yeah, definitely. I definitely am not. I, I kind of lead a book open for them. I don't know, man. And week two, we have a lot of pretenders. Week one and week two, the first five weeks in the NFL, like, you know what I'm saying? We have a lot of pretenders. But by, like, week five, week six, you really start to see who really – who in the fight. So we'll see what those guys looking like. But shout out to Derek Carr, man. He got a good last name. Uh he been he been doing his thing. He been doing his thing. I wish he would have threw the ball to Wilder more this week, but I can't complain anytime the Steelers lose. Yeah, so, and and it's funny you bring up that pretenders first five week comment because I can always think back to that year. I think the Vikings. It was like twenty. Uh, it might even not have been a double digit. It might have been like two thousand nine or maybe twenty eleven or something like that. But they started off five and zero, oh, and then I think they lost like every other game for the rest of the season. Um, that's terrible. Yeah, but uh, I think that's enough about these other teams, JC. I think it's the time for us to get into the the moment we've been waiting to talk about all week. You feel me? You ready to start Victory Monday. Yes, I'm ready. All Let's right. get it popping. Let's go. gentlemen welcome to the talk your shit podcast you feel uh, me i got my bro my brother jc with me my name is Dwayne, and uh we are very excited to be sitting here and talking about the ravens victory over the chiefs 
36 to 35 Sunday night primetime. JC, how you feeling? Ecstatic. Exuberated. I can't even come up with the vocabulary words that I want to say right now, bro. But I'm just so happy. I can't believe we pulled it off. I was around the house jumping and screaming, bro. Like, I couldn't believe it, bro. Couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, it was a, a great, great victory indeed. Very exciting. Um, Definitely a better feeling this week than last week. And, you know... Uh, not to brag or not to toot our horn too much, toot our own horn too much, but JC, we predicted this outcome. You feel me? We we know we built for it. I know them boys was gonna respond. I got faith, but it's like, nah, I think we both predicted it. You know, being some fans, some bias, bias going on. But shit, when you write, you write. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. so that's the thing is a little bit, and this kind of goes into what I wanted to talk about with the game, but just the passion for this football team that me and JC shares. Uh, you'll probably never hear us say on this podcast that the Ravens are going to lose. But that's really because there's bias there, but also that's just the identity of this team. Um, Good football teams, they form identities. Uh, You know, you have the Chiefs and their electric offense, and then you have the Steelers and their identity on defense. Um, But the Ravens, their identity has always, to me, been a gritty team that doesn't quit and that any team they face, they're going to come out and, and fight to the end. And and as long as we have number eight in the pocket, I'll say it time and time again, the Ravens can win. Definitely, definitely, bro. So getting into the game, I kind of want to, I kind of want to do something different, you know, something that nobody's never done, but I, I know like we usually break up the game into offense and defense. And I think that's a key part, but can we, Give a shout out to our head coach, bro. Can we do that, man? Can we talk about the impact? And I know me and you have talked about it personally, but I think like it's good for the the viewers to um, understand like the impact that that having a good coach has on your team and has on your organization. And what do you feel like John Harbaugh brings to the table? Because there's so much that he brings to the table as a head coach that I think is overlooked. Well, I want to hear your thoughts because I just went on a little tangent. So I absolutely agree with you, but you can go ahead and start that off. What do you think? I just think, like, that win yesterday was, was a hardball win, man. I mean, he he did his thing. He called a hell of a game. He was motivated. And just the balls of that guy, man, just the leadership, just the fight in that guy, the fight that he gives his players, I think is so beneficial. We have the Sean Paytons or the Vic Fangios that specialize in defense, Sean Payton that specialize in offense. You got, you know what I'm saying, the Kyle Shanahan's the LaFours and all of that. And we got this special teams coach. But I, I won't bet you that half of those guys are not the leader that that guy is, man. He is one hell of a leader, and I give that to him. You know what I'm saying? I know we criticize him for a lot of other things, but he is one hell of a leader, and I think he galvanized his boys to be ready to fight no matter what. A, a rookie making plays, you know what I'm saying? Dudes that we picking up off the street, running backs, making plays and just hustling and just continuing to fight against the number one team in the NFL. We know... What they're about. We know that who they are. You feel me? They they didn't play the best game, and they still had 35 points. You get what I mean? So just the impact that that coach had on our, on, on the organization and, and just the, the balls that he has and the leadership that he has and the way he trusts his players, the way he trusts Lamar as a quarterback. You're looking at the Packers who can't even ask Aaron Rodgers who they want to draft, bro, and we're asking Lamar. You know what I'm saying? He already know what Lamar going to say. He's still asking him. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. 
And he already had it. The play was already in. He's still asking Lamar, you want to go for it? He's like, all right, fine, go for it. He already yeah. knew he was, he already told the coaches, get the play in. So yeah. I'm just proud of that, man. And and you know, that's a great point because John Harbaugh is often criticized for that, um, that lack of specialty. But Sunday night was absolutely uh, a display of his value. And and to kind of add some context, looking at ESPN, they have like a win probability chart, right? If you look at it, at one point in this game, with three minutes and 35 seconds left, Lamar Jackson took a sack, were forced to punt it on fourth and 17. At that point in the game, the Kansas City Chiefs had a 91% chance of winning. We were losing 35 to 24. The Chiefs had a 91% chance of winning that game. Um, if you're a fan, you're probably, or even a player, you're probably looking at that and thinking there's no way that the Ravens win at all. So for a team to be faced with that circumstance and to take it late, not only because then Baltimore, even when they tied it up or took the lead, I'm sorry, 36-35, Kansas City still had a 52% chance of winning. So to keep fighting to the bitter end, um, it's just amazing. It's an amazing feeling. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it, man. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be, you got me wanting to put on the jersey. Yeah, I couldn't be more proud of this team, man. It's it's a great feeling. Definitely, definitely. So where you want to start at? You want to start on offense or you want to start on defense? So, man, I think we should just switch it up this week. And I think we're going to go by the play-by-play. And we're going to just kind of run down the major scoring plays of this game and kind of break down how we were feeling at each kind of these major key moments of the game. So – before I even get into that, JC, as usual, just just tell me, kind of set the mood, set the tone. How are you feeling going into this game? Where were you? What was going on? Let me know. Um, I was in the crib. I was a little bit drunk. <laughs> I went out for brunch earlier that day. I was like, I'm going to get a little whack because, yeah, I know what's about to happen. I know I'm about to sit through a long game with Patty Mahomes just dropping back, back and back, and just launching it because we're going to all out blitz him. So, um. You know, I always got to bump Kodak. That's a pregame ritual. I can't. I have in the last three years. I don't think I've gone a game without listening to Kodak Black before the game. So, I I got to keep that up. That's an all time pregame ritual. I ran in the house, took a quick shower, bumped some Kodak, and was sitting in front of my TV. How about you? How was you? What was the mood like for you? Yeah, so I was chilling in my room. Had the TV set up. Um, had some snacks. I don't remember. I think I had some uh, some chicken tenders from the grocery store. Um. But, yeah, I was ready. I was locked in. And then I cut the TV on, right? We got kickoff. Ravens get the ball first. 14 minutes and 10 seconds uh, left on the clock. Only 50 seconds into the game. Lamar Jackson throws a 34-yard interception pick six to Tyron Matthew. JC, when you saw that play, what was going through your head? Uh, I need some more liquor. I went, went and took a shot. I'm not <laughs> Uh, me and my little brother went and took a shot together because we was like, oh, that's the type of day it's going to be. It's going to be that day. I mean, I still don't like the play call. Sammy slipped, but it just looked like Lamar just closed his eyes and threw it right to Tyron Matthew, and he ran it back. I was like, wow, you giving these guys points at home? It's going to be a long day. So, Yeah, yeah. and so and here's the thing about this play, and I think we'll, I'm going to touch on the same concept when we get later into the game script, but um, – Lamar, at times, it seems like he's predetermined who he's throwing to before the play, and he struggles in making those adjustments. Um, his adjustment ability when he's running to juke and dodge defenders is unmatched by anybody I've ever seen play the game of football. 
but his decision-making and his ability to adjust after the snap in the passing game, I feel like at times leaves uh, a lot to be desired. Uh, but, again, the receiver slipped. If Sammy didn't slip, you know, maybe that's an incompletion. So, Or the ball on his chest. So yeah. Know. It's hard to be too critical at this point here, but as soon as you see this pick six, uh, definitely not a good feeling. Heart sunk for sure. You can't give one of the best offenses, if the best offense in the NFL, you can't spot them seven points. Definitely. So after that, uh, we got 10-36. The Ravens drive six plays, 75 yards. We're in the red zone. We hand the ball off to Tyson Williams. And on the goal line, Tyson Williams get hit hits with a shoulder pad. The ball pops in the air. Devin DuVernay cut, catches it, finishes the play, and scores. JC, at this is the point in the game, what was going through your head? First of all, I wanted Tyson Williams to score because he's my starting fantasy running back in one of my leagues, and I was in a dog fight. Shout out to me. I won by like point, point fourteen points or something like that, not even a whole point. But I wanted him to – I wanted him to score that touchdown. I'm like, yes, yes, score, 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 fumble. No, 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 catch a DuVernay, yes, score. And it just, like, almost gave me a heart attack. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be that type of game. So I literally, like, laid out on the floor and was like, oh, God, this is going to be a long game. This is going to be a long day, man. But shout out to Lamar for bouncing back. The old Lamar would get mad and try to force it. Um, shout out for them to bounce back. I thought that was a key drive. I thought that was might have been one of the biggest drives in the game just to get the momentum back, just to get the crowd back on our side. Shout out to Lamar. I think that was the biggest, the biggest, at least the biggest drive of the first half for me. For sure. So after that, Demarcus Robinson, 33-yard touchdown pass from Patty Mahomes on a drive that was capped off by that touchdown. It was eight plays, 92 yards, eight up, four minutes and 31 seconds. Um, this touchdown, I remember vaguely. It doesn't, it doesn't really um resonate too much in my head, but I just know that I was frustrated seeing Demarcus Robinson and the Byron Pringles of the world making plays, but it felt good to see them make plays as opposed to Tyreek Hill and Travis yeah. Kelsey. How did you Definitely. feel? How do you feel JC about the way the Ravens handled Tyreek Hill on this, in this game? I think it was a, it was a good game plan by Wink. I think the thing about Tyreek Hill is that, he scores so fast, you know what I'm saying? He can literally change the game in a second. And I would rather die from a thousand cuts than die from, you know, going out one-on-one with Tyreek Hill. So I would rather have Patty Mahomes just dot us up, beat the zone, which he is excellent at, which is why he is one of the greatest already so far at such a young age because he not only can make the big plays, but he can dot you up a a thousand different ways. I thought that played a Byron Pringle again, which is Andy Reid in his bag. He called the – backside play action counter to a like a um like he ran like a corner then then flipped it to the post and Marlon was on that but I'm 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 pretty upset at Marlon. I think that if if that's week ten that's a play that Marlon makes. That's a play that Marlon gotta get that ball out of Demarcus Robinson hands. But it was a hell of a play action fake by Patty Mahomes. Hell of a route. He knew he was gonna get a man concept with Marlon and he just beat him to the back of the end zone. So I think it was just a good play. Andy Reid's in his bag. Patty Mahomes in his bag, but I thought Wink Wink did it right by, you know, allowing those other guys to beat us. And if we lose the Byron Pringle, we lose the Byron Pringle. You know what I'm saying? Bro, the way you just remember that play amazes me because I feel like I just rewatched the play the way you said it. I can't remember mm-hmm. 
I can't remember a football <laughs> game that I just watched for the life of me. I can tell you the score. But I feel like you could go back to games we played in high school and tell us the play-by-play. You like you like the LeBron James. <laughs> like that shit was crazy, bro. That just blew my mind. Anyway, all right. Uh, so yeah, so that's the Demarcus Robinson touchdown. So after that, Latavius Murray caps off a non-play seventy-two yard drive by Lamar and the Ravens with a five-yard touchdown, ties it up in the second quarter, fourteen fourteen. Um, one thing I'll say about this, I was really happy that we stuck with the run game. I think that was a theme that has haunted us in the past with these Chiefs matchups. And I've been super critical of Greg Roman. I still don't love the guy. But I respect that the growth that he showed in this game and being able to stick to the run. How about you, JC? How do you feel about uh, Definitely. This? I think – I know that's something that we didn't well, – we didn't watch the last two, three Chiefs games together. And I know you banging on the table like – we killing them with the run. We killing them with the run. Why don't we just keep running? Why are we passing? Even if we're down, we can kill them with the run. And I think this is part of the Harbaugh, Greg Roman, Wink. I think shout out to the coaches this week, man. They coached it up because you gotta, you can't panic. And I think use the last couple of times we panic. And I want to say the team, Lamar didn't panic. Greg Roman didn't panic. Keep running the ball down the straight. I think Hollywood was was real big on that on this drive that we're talking about where he made some good plays, man. Like, shout out to him. But I just think if we run, we can't be beat. And I think when we when we try to pass it and we try to feed into the hype that Lamar got to do this and Lamar got to be this type of person is where we we end up playing ourselves in the long run. So I think we got to learn that when we're down, when we falter, we don't have to pass to get back. We can run. We can be who we who we are, and I think, you know, Greg Roman called a hell of a game, so shout out to him. I thought that was a good drive. Latarius Murray capped it off with a powerful run. I think he's going to be big for us later on. Absolutely, and I'm going to bundle these two next two uh, drives together, and I'm going to tell you why. So, Darrell Williams caps off a seven-play, 67-yard, two-minute, 30-second drive by the Chiefs. Kind of a disheartening touchdown uh, right Patrick there. Queen. Yeah, um, Patrick Queen backdoors the run on the goal line, which I'll talk about in a second. But what is most impressive about the Ravens is that in 48 seconds, we go seven plays for 50 yards and get a 43-yard field goal. I was talking to my roommate, and he made the point that now that I'm seeing it on paper and I'm thinking about the conversations he said, he said one of the hallmarks of good football teams is that they score before the half. We talked about the Raiders game in week one where we had the uh, opportunity to score before the half, and we didn't. We ended up losing that game. To him, the hallmark point of this game was that drive right there, being able to go down the field in 48 seconds and score. JC, do you agree or disagree with that point? Uh, I definitely agree. I think Lamar in two minutes has been lethal, man, like – even like going back to the Raiders game, two minutes of the second half when we was when it was tie game and we was uh, going to kick a field goal to go up, he was excellent. He did that key run to get us in field goal range and like you know drain the clock. I think Lamar's been excellent in two minutes. I think it's it's easier for him because like it's simple reads. You know what you got to do, um, simple routes, and we can move fast. Use our, use the feet to advantage. I thought the quarterback draw that. Greg Roman called in that situation was crazy good good play called in a run. That's where Lamar shoot like four people on the run. He calls a quarterback draw. He knows we had a timeout. We we on like our four, like maybe our 
48 or something. He calls like a quarterback draw that gets like 13, 14 yards. That was an excellent play, man. So he was definitely in his bag. Two minute drill was excellent. Shout out yeah, to the boys. He juked like four people on that draw play too. Yeah, that, that that shit was insane. Um, and then we go to halftime. So before we move on to the rest of this game script, I do want to talk about that Patrick Queen play and talk about kind of more of a meta analysis of Patrick Queen as a player. Uh, I feel like amongst Raven fans, there's a divide on how we feel about Patrick Queen. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. Me, personally, I'm still on the Patrick Queen hype train. Plays like that scoring drive where Damian Williams runs it in. He backs door. He tries the back door to play. For those of you that don't know, when you are taking on a blocker, there is the way that the play is going. So if the play is going to your left, that is where you are supposed to defeat the block and get into the gap to your left. So if the play is going left, you want to attack the gap to your left. It's a lot easier to go the back door. So if we're talking about a play going left, attacking the gap to your right, because the lineman is usually going to just let you go through. The reason why, uh, usually most players aren't. Yeah, well, no, not even pulling. A player is not fast enough to go further away from the direction that the play is running and then redirect and be able to catch the person carrying the ball. Patrick Queen tried to backdoor it on that goal line, and, of course, he couldn't get the angle. Damian Williams breaks the tackle and scores easily. Mental lapses like that are correctable with coaching. But something that isn't correctable by coaching is the way that Patrick – or the reason why Patrick Queen probably backdoored that block, and that is because he is still small for a linebacker. Um, Mm -hmm. But the flashes we see in the athleticism, we saw the preseason crazy run, sideline to sideline, making tackles, chasing down stuff. You know, sometimes he's hit or miss in coverage, but my hope is that he'll still be able to um, develop. It's just frustrating because you figure with him being smaller in stature, he would be a little bit better in coverage. But I'm still uh, in full support of Patrick Queen. I think in a few more years, he's going to be really third year next year. He's going to be that Devin White level of linebacker, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I still I'm not as high on him as you are. I like his game. I love how he plays with passion and hits. I like my linebackers kind of a little bit on the bigger. I don't know if he's going to be Devin Wright because I think he misses too many tackles. I think he actually played that play perfectly. Uh, he just got a he just got a tackle. I think he needs to be bigger and stronger with those guys. I think he get, he got punished. I think he tackles up very high for me, and which leads to like a lot of the running backs carrying him for like an extra two to three yards sometimes, especially those those dive plays up the middle. I think he tackles high, but I actually thought he played that play excellent. I think he, you got to make that play, Devin White making that play. You know what I'm saying? I think it just comes with more experience, uh, more wet rep, more reps. But we definitely see the flash of what that guy can be. So he he's going to be good. Yeah, for sure. All right, so moving on to the third quarter. Byron Pringle, first drive, 40-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes, caps off a five-play, 74-yard, three-minute and seven-second drive. This was the Chiefs' shortest drive of the game. Uh, JC, what was going through your mind? I remember this one. This was kind of like a man-single coverage uh, touchdown. How do you feel about this play coming out of the half? What was, what was going through you your mind? Got to tackle. Got to tackle. I think I don't know if Deshaun was out by this time or not, but 
we got to tackle, man. We missed too many tackles. You can't you can't play around with these guys. These guys are fast. I want to say Byron Pringle's a four four guy. So, like he got that. And he was gone, man. We got to tackle better. Yeah, man. really. I'm following him catching it, but he got to tackle. Yeah, and I think it was, I think it was. T- uh, I don't even want to say and pretend and lie, but you know when we're down corners, you know that those type of plays are gonna happen. You got to got one on one in coverage. You got to make up for it and tackle after the catch. Um, but fortunately, right after that, uh, Marquise Brown, 42-yard touchdown pass. Lamar Jackson, mid-air, leaves his feet, throws the ball. Four plays, 75 yards, two minutes and 23 seconds. Jordan, explain, explain to people how difficult and why this play was so impressive, why that throw was so difficult to make and why this play is so impressive. I think that the 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 people the thing that people didn't see was that he was getting pressure pushed back into his face and it was pressure coming. I want to say it was a blitz coming from his from his right side, like a corner, a slot blitz coming, and um, he did an excellent job. He was trying to what he was trying to do was step out of that pressure, but he could he didn't have any lanes to go to. Um, this is not the first time I seen him do a jump. I, I noticed that he was doing that a lot in the Raiders game, like trying to do the like those fake pumps and try to really force it there. Um, I think they just lost Hollywood in coverage. They both jumped on Sammy on the underneath route, Tyron Matthew, and then the corner. And Hollywood just, you know, crept behind him. He seen him out of the eye. Hollywood even said he thought he was going to run. He just turned around, and then the ball was in his chest. So, hell of a play by Lamar. That's an MVP play, man. Like, that's why that's why he's going to get the big bucks. But when that pocket is, is crowded like that, he couldn't step forward. He couldn't put no pressure. He had to just jump off the two feet, and that was all arm strength. You see, it was kind of a duck. Mm-hmm. They just had to get there because Hollywood was wide open, man. So that was definitely a big play on third and four, I want to say. So that was a hell of a play. And yeah. and how ironic it is to have that big play at the end of the game, where in the beginning of the game, the first play we open with is Hollywood streaking down the seam wide open and Lamar over, overthrows him. So, yeah. I mean, the Ravens like to do everything the hard way, you know. The Broward Ravens, bro. Yeah, they got to get it done. <clears throat> Excuse me. So – the next play, uh, this is the last time that the Chiefs scored, and this is probably the most embarrassing, probably the play that we saw that most people at this point thought it was over. Um, Travis Kelsey takes a tight end screen and, and just and just does a game breaker, runs it down the field, juking every single Ravens defender, dropping Tavon Young on his face, and then carrying – 350-pound Justin Jelly Ellis into the end zone on his back. Uh, it was bittersweet because, like Jordan said earlier, I got Travis Kels on my fantasy team, and that was the touchdown that gave me enough points to win. I only needed eight points, so I didn't need all 27 or whatever Kels got that night. But, JC, what was going through your mind of this play? Yeah, well, people don't notice on that play that it was actually a broken-down play. We actually played that play excellent, man. We we dropped – we only rushed three – and we got pressure on Mahomes, forced him out of the pocket, and he's running, scrambling around. And I'm like, oh, shit, you see him start scrambling around. And we did a good job. We had Malik Harrison, I want to say somebody else, bracketing Kelsey. And then Kelsey just, you know, runs a little comeback just to get open. He takes the ball. We took a terrible angle. Malik Harrison, Brandon Stevens takes a terrible angle. Ever didn't want no part of contact with Travis Kelsey. Uh, shout out to Big Jelly Ellis for, for hustling down there because he was one of the people that got juked on the original move. But... I mean, that's just Travis Kelsey being Travis Kelsey. That's one of the greatest tight ends. He might go down as the greatest tight end of all time. Just 
his ability, maybe him a Gronk, you know, just his ability to get open catch. No tight end should be able to do that. It's only about four tight ends on in the world that could ever do that move. So I can't yeah. even be mad at it because like that was a hell of a play. And many people don't realize that that Patty actually made that play by scrambling around because I want to say I want to say it was Matabuke or somebody got pressure and really wrecked the whole play, man. And he just murdered us. So I thought when I seen this play, I was like, yep, this game over. We we fought hard. But yeah, it was tough. Yeah, no cap. And then we have fourth quarter. The Ravens shut out the Chiefs in the fourth. They did not score. Lamar Jackson uh scores two rushing touchdowns. Um one in one at fourteen minutes and thirteen seconds, the other one at three minutes and fourteen seconds. Um Putting us up 36-35. The second one was my favorite with the somersault. Uh, no need to kind of lame it on those two touchdowns too much. But let's talk now, about – Hold up. Before we get there real quick, how about that call, man? I want to say forget the touchdowns. The call on the two-point conversion on the first touchdown like almost had me about to jump through my TV screen, bro. They called a, a legal man downfield on Zeitler, and it was clear that – he was, like, pushed, and he wasn't even that far downfield. I want to say he was on a two-yard line. He was, like, at the one, and they called a legal man. We had a, a Lamar did an excellent play, pumping the guy, and Hollywood moved over into the zone. He threw it right to the zone. That, cut it, that would have cut the game to three and instead of five, and I thought that was a hell of a play and a horrible-ass call by the referees, man, that kind of fucked us, and I think that kind of slowed down our um, momentum. For us to come back and score off of that, excellent, bro. Yeah, and to that point, it's kind of funny because I, I like to scroll uh, Instagram and Twitter for the reactions after the game, and a lot of people were saying that the refs helped the Ravens win that game, and I kind of disagree. I feel like there was that call included. There was a lot of calls that kind of didn't bounce the Ravens' way that kind of killed our momentum, so absolutely. Uh, what I was going to say, I want to talk about kind of just to cap off this game as a whole, and I think that most people took away – uh, that fourth and one call to go for it. Um, awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, so with that call, I mean, we talked about how how ballsy the call was and how it represents the team. But given that call in that game, how does that make you feel now about this Ravens team and their hopes going forward, JC? Uh, I just feel like the thing that I love about this team is. The, how modern it, it has gotten, and I think uh, I'm 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 one of them person. I'm starting to you know get into analytics a little bit more and learn a little bit more about analytics. And I just like to see the numbers. I like to look at Twitter and Instagram after the games over to see the numbers. And it was a it was going to be a forty percent chance that if we if we punt that ball that we could lose that game that we win the game. No, a forty percent. So it's a sixty percent chance that we we uh. Lose it, a 40% chance. No, uh, the opposite way. I'm sorry, I can't talk. But 40%, you know what I'm saying? It was a 99% chance if we get that first down, we win the game. And just for our coach to be that analytic-driven and ballsy, to say, hey, we got it's best on best, it's one-on-one, it's a street fight, and we're going to win. I think that's what I love about football. I think that's what I love about this team. Shout out to Kobe Fade, Oway, Odafe, man, your boy. Wayne's been beating the table on him since we drafted. Hell of a play by a rookie, man. The cut inside of the tackle, still getting held by one arm, and the other arm knocked the ball out of Alaire. 
We get the ball back. I'm like, shit, it's on. But I was scared because I was like, if we punt this guy the ball back, it's gonna be go go time. So Yeah, I mean, how could I forget? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna let the talking do I mean, I'm gonna let his play talk for itself. I'm I'm getting a jersey. Um ordering it on Friday. It's it's oh, it's yeah? already set in stone. Yeah, it's done. The ninety nine is coming. Um I told y'all we he's gonna he's gonna be hopefully. I mean I'm man Fuck the hope. I'm telling y'all now. He's going to be up there with the TJ Watts and the Miles Garretts of this division. Damn. That's and, how you um, feel? Like? Yeah. I mean, he's only a rookie. And to make that huge of a play in a playoff-type game with that much on the line and to to, to make that play, that's, that's legendary. That tells me everything I needed to know about this guy. I am all the way on the Odafe hype train if I Jeez. already wasn't. So yeah, we uh, Jersey coming soon. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Already, man, hell of a game, hell of a play, hell of a game by the Ravens. So looking for looking ahead, we got the Detroit Lions coming next. I mean, we going to Detroit next week. How you feel about that game? Well, you know. Yeah, so I think the Ravens are gonna win that game for sure. But the Lions have played well, man. I watched them last night against Green Bay. They. They were fighting up until halftime, and then in the 49ers game, they actually came back and put up 38 points and had a chance to win at the end. Um, the one thing I do see from that game is they, they are still not a good football team. They have the grit and the resolve, some of that similar character that we talked about that we see in the Ravens, but they will make the coaching mishaps and the player mistakes that are going to kind of be characteristic of bad teams that ultimately lead to them losing. For example, playing man coverage with no safety over top on Devontae Adams, who only had, I don't know, a million receiving yards and a trillion receptions last year. Um, So stuff like that is going to hurt them. But the Ravens cannot walk into this game thinking that it's going to be, oh, they're just going to lay over and die. This team still has some fight in them. Yeah, I think these these guys got some fight in them. I think they got a brand new coach, Dan Campbell, who's that type of guy who's like a Mike Vrabel, Harbaugh type of hard ass type of guy. Um, I don't think the Lions have the talent to keep up with us at any position. Um, starting with quarterbacks, starting their offense, they don't have any decent receivers. I think Hawkinson is their best player. So, I mean, I, I would going, love to see. I, would I was love going to see. say that the one position they might be able to to, to hang with us is tight end. But go ahead. Yeah, I don't think Swift or, or Williams is gonna make that much of an impact. We're just a we're just too big, too stout. Um, on offense, I think we should have our way, man. I I think they 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 lost their top three corners. That they had they lost another corner that's out for a long period of time last night. They they starting a bunch of rookies at corners, as you can see why the penalties. They couldn't stop Devontae Adams. They couldn't stop Jurgen, uh, uh, Blake Jarwin. No, not um T- Tunyon. I'm excuse me, Tunyon. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh MVS was doing his thing on them last night. We can run the ball. I think we Ravens gonna win by at least ten, and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be Snoop. I hope we get to see Snoop, man. That's what type of time I'm on. Let's get the let's get this ball rolling, Wayne. You feel yeah, me? Yeah. We got a big win. Let's get the momentum. We got some injuries. We got some help on the way. That's the crazy part. We got some help on the way. We got Rashad Bateman. We got Boyle coming back. We got Jimmy Derek Wolf coming back. We got some help on the way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if the Ravens can take care of business this week and then we can travel to Denver and get another win, how great would it be if we face the potential of Rashad Bateman coming back, Ronnie Stanley coming back, Nick Boyle coming back, 
and we're three and one. Um, a lot of people yeah. had us going two and two at this point. So we'll re- or at that point, excuse me. So we would really be ahead of schedule. Yes, sir. Any last words, Wayne? for we out. Man, you already know what it is. Go Ravens. Go Ravens. Shout out to Villain the Waver. Had a had a good game to him. I was hard on him last week. Shout out to him. But go Ravens. Kodak free. You know what time it is. Peace out. Easy.